0: Oh boy. Hello and welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, looking back at every episode of the glorious Quantum Leap from episode one in order, right the way up until the show going off the air. And maybe, maybe, coming back on the air, Hmm, who knows, we'll have to see how that goes, shall we? My name is Soy, and with me as always is my partner in time, Mr. Benny Mac. Benny, how are we doing, my friend?
1: I never get bored of partner in time mate. I'm doing very well mate. Thank you very much. Um episode 3 of season 2 we're finally getting it done and <laughs> we're starting to get some momentum hopefully you know people are yeah. people are still listening mate to be fair. Um <laughs> I hope so because I spent a lot of time making that animated uh, trailer <laughs> to be honest because <laughs> I'm still learning <laughs> so you know. Uh but yeah, uh i hopefully man as you said um obviously we did an episode on it but uh Obviously, apparently filming has started, last I heard, of the uh, pilot episode of the new Quantum Leap Resurge, or whatever you want to call it, uh, relaunch. So hopefully, maybe in, by the time we get to halfway through this season, we might actually have a brand new episode of quantum leap to look at even before we've even finished the old ones the
0: the rate we're recording episodes this is season two episode three (laughs) the new quantum leap will be out by the time we do episode five
1: (laughs) it would have re-released the the, the, another there'd be another 90 episodes to do by the time we finish recording these (laughs) 90 odd episodes (laughs) i getting there, man. i know i'm excited for the new one as obviously we already spoke about but i'm very excited for the new one also a bit of trepidation because obviously, is it going to, is it going to bring new eyes? Is it going reha-
0: to suck is what you're saying? Is, is it, it suck? Yeah.
1: yeah, which I'm really scared about, which I'm hoping it doesn't. And um, it's such a shame, as I've already said in the past, Dean Stockwell, obviously passing away, mm. uh, which sucks. And now they're doing it, you know, and it's just like, for goodness sake, <laughs> you've done this about three years early, you know, but you know, it, it is what it is. Maybe it was in the works before COVID. I don't know, but it's in the works now.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that we get I mean, in a way. I, I suppose it's kind of twofold for me. One, I hope that it's really exciting, it's really good, it's, a, it's a good show to watch. Obviously, because we're Quantum Leap fans and it's new Quantum Leap, we want it to be good. Secondly, my kids are now old enough to watch Quantum Leap with me. Like I watched Quantum Leap with my mum. So, yeah. my, my youngest Charlie, I, I reference her all the time on different podcasts I do. My youngest Charlie, she's 12 years old, she's a, a smidge older. Than I was when I was sat watching Quantum Leap with my mum, but it's not too far off an age, so I kind of like the. Idea. She wouldn't sit down and watch the old Quantum Leap with me, Charlie. It's yeah. too it's too dated for her to sort of be show show a proper interest in to, to get engrossed in it. But a I new guess, yeah. program, yeah, yeah. But a new yeah. program, I, I I think maybe that could even if it's just the first couple of episodes, I could get her to sit down with me and watch it and just have that sort of that, that moment that I had with my mum. But now the other way around, I said I'm the grown up. If that makes sense.
1: The revelation that you're a grown up, to be honest. Yeah, in in, in <laughs> number, in age, yes. But <laughs> in the, eyes of the law, you can be prosecuted. Is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. I can be, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be tried like an adult. <laughs> yeah. Mentally, probably neither one of us are. Although we do get some. I, was, I saw a meme the other day, and it's uh, um, Do you know anybody that plays video games who's over thirty? And I'm and it's the Obi One from Star Wars. Going, of course, I know him. It's me yeah <laughs> so, you know i'm at that age where probably the generation before me may have played video games but not as much as what we do now because obviously the games industry has exploded and you know got massive in the 80s and stuff like that so for things like sci-fi in general i find there's a lot of uh i'm not saying there aren't fans of things but shows like this like you said they i think they've got to that point as you very well said, it's probably a bit dated now, and we've referenced that obviously when watching back a few episodes. Um, but that it's, if you can get past the, the, you know, the effects of Al being a hologram in those moments, the stories that they're telling are really good, and I think that's evident yeah. with quite a few episodes we've already done. And I think today's is very similar in that sort of sense of what the story, the subject matter is about. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, spot on. And I mean, speaking of today's episode, it, it's the Americanization of uh oh see, I'm gonna butcher this every time I try and say
1: it. <laughs> I, say said, I say Ma- Machico. I
0: say Machico. Matchco. okay. The Americanization of Machico. And it's when we when we looked at our last episode, both of us were a bit like, okay, don't really remember masses about this one. I mean you said you remembered certain scenes and you weren't overly excited in comparison to other episodes coming up
1: yeah i mean i did i even said that one of the actresses or actors sorry uh that's in it was in mrs doubtfire it's the wrong woman it's the wrong person completely <laughs> because obviously I'll, we'll do some before we get into it we'll do some there's only a couple i want to mention but we'll do some of the uh tropes and stuff but yeah, yeah i said she was i said she was in uh, mrs doubtfire she's not it's the wrong woman it's the wrong um, woman
0: <laughs> there we go it's, it's better than what i did last time i remember the whole episode as being, you know something else a, a, yeah a, <laughs> a, a, program altogether uh, yeah i remember the whole, e- the whole episode we were reviewing i had in my head as being this particular thing and it turned out i was thinking of an episode of cold case not quantum leap at all so that's oh, a whole yeah. different show if i mind a whole different actress
1: <laughs> well yeah fair enough I mean, yeah, either way you this is this is the thing though when you watch something it might be at the time you go, Oh, that was good. That was really good. Then as time goes on, you sort of maybe not embellish it, but you think, Oh, that's a really good episode, you've got to watch that. And you watch it back and you go, Yeah, it's good, but it's not as good as yeah. I thought. But then, you know, like I said, the woman, uh Kay, uh Callahan. Callan, See, but you in a freaking normal name, let alone Mach I said Machiko. I only said Machico, then that's completely wrong. Um <laughs> but um <laughs> it's Scott just, Hall reference there. Like. Yeah. Well, you know, R. I. <laughs> P. Scott Hall, freaking legend. Um, obviously, as we record this, it's been probably about a week or so since he passed. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah um, yeah, I'm guessing where that's, where I've got that from. <laughs> but um, yeah, to mix uh, mix her up with the woman in uh, this is Doubtfire there's similarities there, but it's not the right, it's not the right person, but I did find that I will do it now actually quickly. The tropes very quickly. There's only a couple yeah, of them yeah, it. Yeah, please yeah. Um, and it's the only thing I want to mention. so the woman who plays machiko, Machiko we're going yep. to butch this the entire way. Machiko, uh, we'll stick with that. Machiko, yeah, okay. there we go. Uh, Leela Lee Olsen. Um She's done a, quite a few random things, which I was quite surprised about. She was in Chucky, apparently.
0: But oh, I think, wow.
1: maybe okay. but I, I've never watched the film. Dolls creep me out, so I won't be watching it ever. Um, and the one who plays Lenore McKenzie, which is the mother in law of Machiko, as we'll find out as we go through the episode in a mo. they have, a, they have an odd link together which I never thought I would, based on their acting career. Now, I don't know if they would have, they would have technically appeared at the same time. So I think uh, Leela only made one appearance, but they, now Kay Callahan was, um, uh, she played uh, Martha in The New Adventures of Lois and Clark. She was Superman's mother. If you okay. Now, I, I
0: watched New Adventures. No, hang on. No, I'm thinking of something completely different. New Adventures of Lois and Clark. Big cold actually. case again. Yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, New Adventures of Lewis and Clark. Lois and Lois Clark, and that's, Clark. Yeah. that's a relatively newer show. I'm thinking of, uh, one uh, of...
1: early, well, late, I want to say mid 90s. I want to say about 93 ish, 94. Right, because
0: um, I'm thinking of the one with Terry Hatcher in it.
1: Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that hey, what Lois. it was called, was it? Yeah, The New Adventures of Lois and Clark, yeah. I just thought it was called Superman. No, it's no, I always thought that as well. It's a new, let me just click on it now because you're going to freaking confuse me. Where's my mouse? Um, it's a new adventures of Lois and Clark. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, yeah, Lois and Clark. Oh well, no. Sorry, Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. My apologies, I've got that wrong. Ah, so we were both played, right and both wrong. Uh, both wrong at the same time. <laughs> uh, but she played Martha Kent, okay. and also Layla uh, Lee Olson, who plays Matchco in this, was also in the series, and she played uh, Lynn Chow in '95. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I, I don't remember the character. I, to be honest, I remember liking that show when I was a kid. Um, again, maybe we can do maybe we can do Lois and Clark, maybe down the line. I don't know. But it was um at the time I used to watch Lois and Clark, Superman, and then I used to watch Gladiators on Channel Three. So that's my age group <laughs> of where mm-hmm. I'm at. So um yeah, I just thought it was quite cool that they both had parts in uh, the Superman. You never would have thought it, really. No, that's quite um, funny.
0: That's quite funny.
1: Yeah, Leela has not I wouldn't say she's not done anything, because that's wrong for me to say, because she's been in many, she's done uh, many things, by the looks of it, at least I what I am looking at right now. Without going any further, it looks like possibly New Adventures of Superman ninety five may have been her last role. I don't know why that is. Without looks researching the actress anymore, but I thought it was a nice little thing there where she was just in Superman with the same actress who was her mother in law in Quantum Leap. You know, so I just thought mm. that was quite a nice little link there. I mean, there is a few other actress actors in it. Obviously, the the guy Rusty. Um, who's obviously the uh, the the bad guy, so to speak, in this episode. Um, I will make mention very quickly, he's done loads of stuff again, stuff I've not necessarily seen. That's why I don't mention it. But apparently he was uh, in, um, well, no, I would say in, he was actually, by the looks of it, a writer on Tomb Raider, uh, for the, Lord, the Lara Croft, the um, Angelina Jolie first film that she did. Oh, and right, okay. He was a writer, and he, was also, um, he co-wrote Lara Croft, sorry. And he actually started in uh, the, Trent, the Trent. I can't even say the Quest two thousand three. I don't know. Either way, he's uh, he's gone on from acting to writing. By the looks of it, so um, which is probably a good thing because the rusty character in this is a tool to say the least. Mm, um, yeah. That's about it for the tropes, to be honest, mate. <laughs> so,
0: no, fair enough. I, I always love that. It's always really interesting to find out where people have been. And I I find it interesting with all sorts of stuff. I mean, like this week's episode of the Doctor Who pod.
1: Oh. Sorry, I forgot something. I wanted to mention the one who plays the mother-in-law, C- Callahan, who I thought was in Doctor Doolittle, like I said, who played Martha Kent in The New Adventures of yep. Superman with Lois and Clark. She was in Knives Out, and I didn't even realise, I don't know if you've seen that film, I watched it recently, and I, I avoided it because it looked a bit, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't look really for me, put it this way, but it turns out she's the grandmother in the wheelchair. So anybody who's seen that film, that's who that is. But you look at her and you would not think it's her because she's covered up with glasses and a, like a weird sort of hat bandana type thing. You don't really... I didn't notice it was her and it was only because I was looking at a okay. thing. Um, if you haven't seen Knives Outside, I would actually recommend it. It was actually quite a good film, to be honest. I have um, not.
0: I have not. I'll check it out.
1: So, it's w- I will say it's got that uh, Agatha Christie, you know, Murder, She Wrote vibe <laughs> to it. I don't mind that, mate. But I don't was, mind a bit of that. It was an interesting watch and it went... As per, it's a proper Who Done It type film. See, I so,
0: love Who Done It sort of stuff.
1: because so like, The reason I avoided it is because I thought one, it's either too like comedy-esque or it's gonna go the other way and it's gonna be like a slasher type thing at first, even right. though uh, is it Chris Pine? Not Chris Pine. I always get his name wrong. I should uh I shouldn't remember who that is. Captain America. I always get his name wrong every single time. I know I'm gonna be. I have to cut this down, mate. Chris Evans. There you go. I always right. feel wrong <laughs> saying Chris Evans because I think of the DJ, not the actor. Yes. <laughs> I think of the ginger fella, not the guy swinging a shield around. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's in it. So I didn't know he was right off, um, uh, end game, I think. And I was a bit like, after being this sort of stoic character, I'd forgotten that he's actually an actor and he can actually play other roles and actually the role he plays in it. He plays it quite well. Um, very reminiscent of uh human torch a little bit with the cockiness i'll say at least so um but i would recommend it to anybody to be fair if you haven't seen it i avoided it because i didn't think i was going to like it one of those nights what can we watch let's try it and i ended up enjoying it (laughs) so you know
0: yeah fair play fair play yeah i mean i i I love the tropes I, i love the way you look at who's done what before and since and so on and you get the odd little surprises or crossovers and so on Uh, on a recent episode of the doctor who pod one of the aliens that was painted up silver and hidden behind loads of cheap crap bubble wrap and looked ridiculous ended up being sarah green who was a a host of blue peter and the saturday morning tv show going live when i was a kid so it's little things like that i don't know why but they just entertain me so much so i love it when you bring these bring these to the table
1: it's it's weird because you watch a program when you're younger and in this case we're watching it back and then you go Oh blimmin' now, that's so and so from that programme that I watched that's more more recent or something. Yeah. You know? So it's like it is meant it's like seeing Jennifer Aniston, which we will eventually see her yeah. in quantum leap, and you go, Holy crap, that's Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> in terms of quantum leap anyway, I've got I could think of better ones, but I can't off the top of my head right now, I can't think of any. <laughs> no. I mean, many- Jennifer Aniston's a big enough starter to have as a good shape man. Well, yeah, I think that's a fair amount, you know. Scott Bacchula, obviously, you know. Like, well, you see, yeah let me see him I remember seeing him popping up in films like oh Scott Bakula I'll do a trope very quickly of uh American Beauty uh I think early 2000s I think that film came out maybe late right, yeah. Kevin Spacey in that one wasn't he that's it yes yeah. um and the chick from American Pie so I have no idea what her name is Scott Bakula isn't it and he's the uh running with his he's a gay next-door neighbor which is random as hell all I think of I don't think of Scott Bakula I go oh look at Sam every single time. <laughs> it's just, it's yeah. weirdly, weirdly, when I was watching Enterprise, him as Captain Archer, I go, oh look, it's Sam.
0: He <laughs> will always like, be Sam.
1: He will always be Sam and it's the same when Dean Stockwell made an appearance in uh, Enterprise as well. I went, oh look, there's Al. You know, yeah. So it's just like, I can't not call them that. So that's how much the show is obviously, as for both of us, is a like you said, it will always be Sam and Al to us. <laughs> yes,
0: oh, definitely. I, I can't see them being anybody else. It's, it's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. This leap here, this—I mean—I'll give a, qu- a quick sort of overhead view, I suppose, of the whole the whole scenario. Effectively, we've got Sam leaping into Charlie Mackenzie, who is a naval officer for the United States Navy. He is returning home on August the fourth, nineteen fifty-three, and he's bringing his new Japanese wife with him. Obviously, being 53, it's quite a, it's only eight years after the end of the Second World War. I was going
1: to say, yeah, eight years. It's um, quite
0: a, um, a sort of hot subject, I guess. The, I suppose, Sam or uh, Charlie's parents, the, the dad is relatively okay with this scenario. The mum is definitely against it and causes numerous problems. And and that's kind of the, the gist of the scenario that we gist, find yeah, Sam yeah. in. What were your thoughts, Danny, looking back on this episode then, as we kind of as we kind of sort of pick our way through the story in a moment? What what initially were your thoughts now looking back? Was it better than you remember? Did you enjoy it more? Or was it one of those episodes where you
1: you're not I, really fast either way? Or it's not a bad episode. I don't I want to stress that, you know, very quickly. It's not a bad episode. The content of which what they're talking about is really good. Because again, maybe not necessarily in terms of you know the Americans and Japanese, but in terms of discriminating against somebody else for being tall, short, fat, thin, French, what nationality, whatever the or age or whatever the the problem may be to discriminate against somebody like that. Um, obviously, I was going to say relatively fresh, but it's not; it's eight years, isn't it, after the war. So, uh, but my initial thoughts um, of it were after watching it. I liked the story. I liked the content. And I and I don't want to take anything away from it because it is a good episode. But it's for me, it's kind of an average episode of Quantum Leap. But yes, yeah, okay. The content of what they're talking about, um, I feel is very important for people to watch. You know, you know, in a, in a weird way. No, I think I think you're right. It's
0: there's a lot more going on than I remembered.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: there's a lot more going on than I, a lot more sort of, I suppose, uh, high high concern topics that are touched upon even if only briefly
1: well, in this it, um, in this story yeah yeah i mean the um we'll go through it but like even the we won't i won't say what it is yet but the um the stuff of uh the of charlie's sister who sam's leapt into the story we'd only get like a snippet of that mm. but you only need like this this and then you go, oh, okay, well, it's 50, what is it, 53. Okay, oh, God, oh, no, that's quite bad. And then for what happened to her and what she did, we don't really, they don't really touch upon it that much, but they give you enough that yeah. the mother's racked with guilt slash, you know. She's very much, um, the mother is, at least in the beginning, is very much about all about appearances, isn't she? And I don't mm-hmm. want to make a reference to Mrs. Bouquet here, but, you know, keeping up appearances, you know, that American sort of uh, Christian family uh, in the fifty-three, I whereabouts is this? I've forgotten whereabouts it is in the world. Into I know it's America, but because in terms of
0: you know, oh, um, oh, do you know what? I didn't make a note of that, but it's very much it is. It is very much a. It just says like farm area, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the lands that they live on. The house is quite vast. The, the 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 land around the house is very vast. They've done well for themselves. They're very much a middle-class American family living in almost on 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 a ranch, I suppose, but not. It's not yeah. a fully it's not a fully working farm ranch and they've got their local town and the church they go to. And as you put really, really well there, Benny portrayal. And I suppose perception to the outside world is hugely important to all of these people. So the, the, the perception of, okay, they they've come back married Well, they're not married here. That's not, and so on, which comes up in the story. They, they have to remarry and so on. Is quite important. And we find we have a scene much later on where, they're going to church, and get the, the, the parents. Sorry, Sam's or Charlie's parents are going to church, and they make an excuse of Charlie and his new Japanese wife being very ill, so as not to embarrass them by bringing them to church with them. Yeah, they exactly. rather lie to the vicar uh, to, to protect the perception
1: of what's going on. That the sort it's of, ironic for somebody. Yeah. who is about being a Christian, you know. In, in exactly, uh, in, yeah. So you know, we all know like you, d- you don't lie and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, the uh, the irony of that is actually, I didn't pick up on that to be fair. So you just said it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of, if we very quickly compare this to color of truth quickly from season mm-hmm. one, in terms of acceptance, I feel most people in this town, wherever it is, because I can't fricking, it doesn't even say on the description where it is, mate, to be fair. And I didn't pick up anything. it's just like a sort of, you know, classic american town you know with like you said fields and i feel like these are these are more farmers that grow things rather than necessarily have cattle as much, although the dad is talking about calves and stuff like that as they're making that drive to the to the to the farm but compared to like the behavior towards um uh jesse in color of truth i feel most people are actually quite welcoming towards um uh, and okay they're sort of they, based on, I mean, you get people looking at her cause she's wearing the clothes that she's wearing and stuff like that. Um, but generally a, apart from a few, I felt like she was actually almost not necessarily welcome, welcome, but people were willing to sort of give her a chance. If that makes any sense compared to Jesse, where he was, you know, some South somewhere South in those, in the fifties as well. You felt that everybody was like, if you know him sitting at the counter Everybody had a problem with it, although some people wouldn't say it. You could tell the look on their faces. The people that I noticed around Machiko and uh, Charlie, aka Sam seemed to be a bit more like, Oh, come in, we've got like the guy at the shop. Oh, we've got we've got women's fashion in. Come and have a look. You know, he welcomed mm. her into the- all right. Yes, he's probably gonna make some money off him, but it's not but he wasn't like you can't come in my shop or anything. Do you know what I mean? There was none of that, if that makes any sense if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I-, I think that's a really good point because the the racism and the prejudice in color of truth is is in your face, isn't it? It's literally from the it, moment you, from, yeah, watched, from, yeah. The, from the moment Sam leaps in and they do their usual kind of, I suppose, cliffhanger for the following week. It's there in your face. The fact that Sam even looks in the mirror and the first line he says is "I'm black." It is literally a slap in. It's a slap in the mush to tell you how important this this fact it's
1: is. Be, yeah,
0: here. Um, you're right. It's a lot more subtle. It's a lot more as they're walking through the town, people are kind of having second looks, but Yes, yeah. not saying anything. So it's obvious that I suppose through the subtlety of the extras and the subtlety of the scenario that they find themselves in, it's not, I suppose, the slap you in the face prejudices of, of the deep safe that you find in Colour of Truth but there's something there it is different it is a bit odd it is unusual for these people of uh, yeah. Oak Creek, Ohio is where the place was. Ah, okay, in. thank you. It's it's, it's it's odd for them to see this but not to the point where they feel they have to comment on it apart from one or two examples and the main one obviously being being the character of Rusty, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean it's eight years removed from the war things of have... I mean, eight years. I mean, if it was a year later, I think the maybe even two. I think I feel like the reception for her may have been a bit different. But because it's eight years, the war's over. You know, it's already already looking like I think within a couple, a year or so of, or even before the war was even over, in the states, a lot of it was looking like peacetime again very quickly within probably six months of the initial. You know, maybe maybe six months before the war was over, based on you know things I've watched in the, in the past. But because it's been eight years since this war's been over, maybe a lot of people, and because of the Christian faith, maybe they're a bit more like, maybe not fully accepting. They're probably, I would say, most are probably eighty percent with her. But I mean, even the vicar, the the guy that comes to their house, is very much, oh no, don't worry about it. It was a misunderstanding. It's forgotten. Mm. You know, come to the picnic and come and join us. They want, they want her to be included in things, you know, not everybody likes it obviously, but generally, like I said, comparing it to color of truth, I feel like, like you said, apart from those little moments that generally the locals are a bit more, like you said, second looks, but generally nowhere near as bad as how, uh, but then maybe that's because the Jesse story is ongoing. It hasn't been settled in particular in at least, uh, to you know, I don't how to say it really. To be fit, it's not that it's, I wouldn't say it's fixed. Probably now nowadays, but it's very much at the height of it. Is what I'm getting at with Jesse. Whereas it's been eight years of the war removed. You know, with in mm. terms of match go. So maybe yeah.
0: I, I suppose for me, with regards to the time from the war finishing till here, you do see, I suppose, two sides of of, of the coin. I guess you have the people who with Rusty who's directly affected in his mind and he holds a great deal of resentment uh, and literally at one stage writes, um, go home Jap and says, I hate Japs and so on to one of the other characters because he holds this resentment inside himself of that. He should have been playing pro baseball during those years, but was called up and had to serve in, in, in in the war effort instead. So he obviously holds huge personal resentment towards that whole scenario and the, these these people that he views as being the issue the other side of the coin i mean 8 years to me is not a big deal 8 years to me is not a long time you think you think world war 2 lasted 6 years so yeah. this is only this is only 18 months to 2 years longer than the war itself lasted so it's not a great deal of time so there's still a lot of fresh memories to people who who lived through that time yeah they yeah of course but you get As you said, the sort of more church-going middle-class people coming across a bit more uh, accepting, maybe not fully accepting, but a bit that they're at least trying. And then you get others who are very anti, anti his new wife, and obviously Rusty. We have the reasons for you know that were explained that throughout the episode. The, the local, um, I don't know what he is, tradesman, ironmonger, or whatever.
1: I'm not he's really sure 30. what he does. He's just, uh, we know him as a former, I think he's ex-army and former, mm. you know, former, could have been, a, like you said, a ball player, a baseball player, actually really good. Um, yes. By the time he come back and the war finished, he was either too old or they didn't want him anymore. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you don't really dive into that too much, but he's holding a lot, a lot of resentment and anger towards the fact that, even though he's not dead and not you know he's perfectly healthy but up in his head he's lost out on probably the chance of a lifetime which he's never going to get back and it's all due to the war and where he was stationed he ended up being in the Pacific so aka Japan and all mm-hmm. that stuff going on so there's a lot of resentment from this from this character and unfortunately because machiko is from Japan and who who probably well, she wouldn't have been uh, in the war. I would have thought probably had nothing to do with the war. Just tried to survive it while it was going on, like most you know innocent people do. She had nothing to do with it, but his anger is focused at her because of where she's from, which is yeah. wrong.
0: We also see the character of Rusty. He's drinking out of a hip flask quite often. He has a bottle in one of the final scenes. He does look a little bit rough around the edges. Granted, where they are, it seems quite warm anyway, but he always does come across a little bit sweaty, a little bit rough. You sort of wonder, as he come back and mentally he is affected by the war before Machiko yeah. even turns up, p- potentially. I mean, I, I, I'm just guessing here. I don't know if it was written that yeah. way intentionally. I don't know if I'm picking up stuff that is not there to you know in the first place. But I'm kind of looking at it, I'm thinking, okay, what we know now about soldiers coming back from combat, especially those who, who served in Vietnam, it's quite a big deal with, with people talking about what happened in Vietnam and Korea and, and, and so on. And uh, they, them struggling, as we'll see in a future leap with Vietnam uh, veterans and so on, with them struggling with what happened to them whilst they were serving their country. Is it, to me, it's possible that that's also uh, affects how, the character of rusty behaves
1: yeah i, I, I without a doubt i think there's <clears throat> i think obviously they it's like i said he's he's had his best years taken away from him because of a war yeah like i said mentally he uh, physically he's fine he's not lost any appendages he's upright. he's walking he's obviously drinking he's obviously got. A, he seems like a possibly like a mechanic or something like that yeah a job of yeah. some kind but mentally um you know probably what he's seen and what he lived through but I think the most of his resentment is the fact that he couldn't play ball which would have possibly made him you know relatively uh, well off I would assume um, as yeah. a ball player um, well they're
0: talking about the Yankees wanted him yeah and so exactly B- big names in that sport aren't they
1: yeah yeah definitely I mean yeah I mean I've got a parallel between the mother and Rusty actually which I'll bring up in a bit we'll get through the episode a little bit but uh, I, th- yeah I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up towards the end
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, with regards to the mother, Lenore, it's almost like you feel the same with her, that her issues are coming from a a race standpoint. But as the episode progresses, you realise that's not actually the case. She's just an angry lady because of what's gone on in her life. And it's not necessarily directed at machiko f- through a race standpoint but it's kind of comes across that way early on which i think is quite clever writing because it's that's the obvious step your mind will, will, will go to that's the obvious conclusion your mind will draw but it's not quite the reasoning for it i mean getting back to the start of the episode sam's leapt into charlie and he's getting off a train with his bag and so on and i thought this was fantastic he He's, he's talking, you get like the inner monologue, you get in the discussion yeah, discussion yeah. in Sam's head and he's talking about leaping around makes you learn things quickly and you've got to try and figure out who you are, where you are and so on. And he reads the, the place and the date off a local newspaper. He reads his name off his Navy kit bag. So he gets all the information he needs within 90 seconds of leaping in. Now I thought that was really well done because quite often he leaps into somewhere and he's in a bit of a perilous position. Or is in a bit of a, I suppose, from the viewer's standpoint, a more uh, comedic situation. I suppose, so to give us a bit of a laugh. And he staggers around for a while, then wondering what's going on, who he is, etc. I thought this was yeah. this is brilliant. Why not just buy a bloody newspaper or look at a newspaper? You'll get the date. Then it was a local paper. You'll know exactly mm-hmm. where you are. You know. I thought yeah, it was yeah. very clever.
1: I mean, reading his name off the bag is a bit cheesy. I, I was giving me a detective instinct. So my name is Charlie. Yeah, reading off you're reading off a bag that you're carrying. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're, <laughs> you're not the you're not, uh, detective inspector Frost here, mate. But you know, reading the newspapers, clever. Like you said, I think the whole sequence was fine. To be fair, um, mm. it, you know, it made sense. It established who he was very quickly. Um, the hat on the character. The only thing I will pick up on is that Sam kind of pulls that grin, smile type thing he does. Yeah. Uh, the reflection doesn't reciprocate that. So they must have not thought about that going through. That's just more of a canoe continuity. What am I on about? Continuity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, comment uh, within anything. But I mean, the say this hat's always make me chuckle because I, 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 and admittedly, he, he even says it himself. He goes, I'm Popeye. And I thought that the very, I, mean, I do remember thinking that the very first time I watched it, just before he says I'm Popeye, I remember thinking he looks like Popeye. <laughs> so, yeah. In terms of the sailor. In actual in actual fact, he looks nothing like Popeye. <laughs> but <laughs> because he's got that hat on, people go to Popeye straight away, don't they? So yeah. you know, being the sailor man, I guess. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean Sam's getting picked up, or Charlie so he's getting picked up by his dad. And we we just, you know, as viewers are watching this sailor come home. Sam's looking around trying to figure out who he is, jumps in the car, all smiles to see his dad. Off they drive behind them we see this Asian lady carrying more luggage shouting after Charlie because Sam's not to know but he's left his new wife at the train station. It's
1: the only scenario where that would work because if obviously Sam hadn't leapt in when he did, Matchco would have been with him in the car. in the, in yep. the tra- well, actually, Having said that, to be honest, it was a pickup truck and there was barely enough room for the two fellas to get in the front. So she'd have had to sit or well, one of them would have had to sit in the back. So... Getting the lift, uh, you know, getting the lift to the farm afterwards, which is probably better off for her, especially with the luggage she has. would I just thought about it now. She'd have had to sit in the back of that pickup truck, or you know, Sam would no, have.
0: Sam would have, he's a gentleman, isn't he? Sam would have, is, yeah. Well, I think he we see
1: have. a lot, we actually see a very good side of Sam, Sam in this, to be fair. Um, you know, how like a uh, lack of a better way of saying it, you know, how tender he is, actually because mm. she's dealing with a lot. Um, but yeah, it's the only scenario you could get in any TV show where you could forget your wife and get away with it. Because if if that had been in any other TV show and he left his wife behind on a bus, then you'd have been like, don't like this character. He's an idiot. That's how, why would you do that? Um, yes. So yeah. The fact that he doesn't know that he's got a wife, he doesn't even know who he is until he reads the bag, doesn't know where he is until he sees the paper and what date it is and where, he, he, you know, obviously you can see what he's wearing. He's either been to a fancy dress party or he's a sailor, you know? So um, <laughs> it's just... The only show I know where you could forget your wife and still be the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: to sort of summarize the early scenes um, up then, I guess, Sam arrives back at the his parents' house with his dad, where his mum and a incredibly friendly former girlfriend by the name of Naomi is waiting for him.
1: Over- overly friendly.
0: Jeez. Yes. Now, she is very, very keen to reignite their former romance, shall we say. As this is going on, <laughs> we see that uh, Machiko has got a lift with a local police officer. Says that she's with there. She's Charlie's new wife. The police officer drives her out. Al is explaining to Sam that he is there to stop Charlie marrying Naomi because it seems, according to Ziggy, their future lives are miserable, and he should make sure they don't they don't stay together. As this happens we get the, the, the unveil to the family and Naomi herself that Charlie is already married because here is his new Japanese wife.
1: Yeah. That's quite disturbing, isn't it? Really? Cause when you hear that, that he's there to stop marrying Naomi, which obviously we know that he's got a wife. Uh, mm. well, we know, we know now this, his wife, that actually then in the original history, the parents put so much pressure on their son that, uh, Machiko ends up going back to Japan, never remarries. And, um, Charlie marries Naomi and has a terrible marriage. So you know that says that if you know Sam isn't there, then uh, you know the original history, like I said, is quite quite uh, dire. Really, to be fair, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's be it's these three people having very depressing and and horrid lives, isn't it?
1: But it just proves how, uh, in the original history, um, without uh, like Sam being there, I guess um, the mothers quite. I think I get the feeling she's very used to getting away, but she mm-hmm. even to the point where the husband in this time period, what we have seen so far in quantum leap is very, very male dominated. Whereas um, Charlie's dad is actually more, more gentle and he's not like that at all. Um, but he gets to the point where um, he actually, at some point in the episode, he actually tells her like, you've caused this. So he actually likes Machiko, which I'm assuming he would have in the original history. But the mother's so overbearing (laughs) in the original history that it forces her to flee. And obviously, like I said, Charlie remarries and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know whether it's Sam's influence and the dad sort of speaks up. I don't know.
0: Mm, Yeah, I suppose we'll never really, really know. But you can kind of see that he is a bit more, I was potentially open minded. But at the same time, he's maybe a bit more submissive is in his actions as well and he he sort of goes along with what his wife wants just to keep the peace potentially
1: yeah yeah yeah, i would say to a degree he's retired as well Mm. so he's probably around the house a lot more um without realizing it she's obviously that was probably her domain as well at some point so um he's probably been around a lot more and he's just like because he doesn't seem like the type of guy that makes his wife do everything either He's very he seems a very quite a modern man really for the time period I, f- I feel Yeah without a date
0: without a date I, I was expecting I was I've seen this episode before but I didn't remember it so when I first oh. and again I'm I'm really stereotyping here and it's incredibly unfair of me to do so but looking at the characters and knowing the subject matter of this episode I expected the dad and the mum to both be quite closed off not yeah. having this kind of Half and half relationship, where the mum is the way she is, and the dad is effectively, by comparison, incredibly welcoming.
1: Polar opposite to her, to a degree, I mm. would say. definitely. So,
0: yeah, let me get a few more examples of that, I guess, because as the the, the newlyweds are, are getting acquainted with the in-laws, I suppose, Uh Chico offers to wash her father-in-law's feet, which sounds incredibly strange, but it's Japanese tradition that is explained by um but by al and by sam and so on the father-in-law you know chris uh sorry charlie's dad says okay well if that's japanese then well, we'll you know if that's what you want to do this is shortly after however the charlie's mum has refused a gift of i suppose is, is the correct word kimono uh, a sort of japanese so, yeah. style gown and she says i've already got a dressing game and just won't accept it and it's
1: it's incredibly rude yeah it's it's terrible isn't it can barely look at her as well she's you know being you know trying to be um honor the parents and all that kind of stuff and you know you know here's this gift you know to make you like me i guess (laughs) to a degree Mm. um but uh yeah she can't even bring herself to look at her in that moment i noticed watching that scene um so yeah very very unwelcoming yet again the father is very much oh i've got some photographs of charlie you know aka sam obviously not sam but you know charlie who's yeah, yeah. to. but uh you know he's very much wanting to get to know his daughter in law I, f- I feel and whereas you know the then the the wife drags charlie to the corner of the room clearly she can you know she's not exactly being subtle about it but um You know, saying this is you know how this looks for me, and all it's like I wasn't. Sam's like I wasn't thinking of you when I married her. You know, it's like Mm. how this looks for me. But there's a lot of that going on, Um, and as obviously as we'll find out, there's a. I think she's obviously, like I said at the beginning, she's very much trying to keep up appearances, for lack of a better way of saying it.
0: Yeah, she's trying to keep up appearances on one hand, but also on the other, she's she's very just angry at the world. I think isn't she because of what happened. in in her past which we'll come to very shortly we get a little more of an example of how of how the the mother-in-law lenore is is viewing the newcomer to the family she wakes up in the morning and goes downstairs and Michiko is, is is cleaning the kitchen floor not because it's dirty not because it's not been done properly but she's trying to help she's also got some rice on the stove to try and help make breakfast as she states yeah lenore point blank throws the rice out And basically (laughs) says that my floor is clean enough. And this deeply upsets Chico. And she runs outside, followed by Sam, as as Charlie, where they have quite a touching discussion about how in, this isn't Japan anymore, how in America, the husband and wife can be equal. Everything is fine. We should get you some American clothes. And they go off for a little drive into Benny, don't they?
1: Yeah, which is quite a funny uh, scene as well, really, because uh, it teaches her how to drive, <laughs> and it, I, think, I believe it must be a stick as well, or um, you, know, you know, manual, what we call her over in the mm-hmm. UK. So for her changing gears and stuff like that um, is is hilarious watching her drive, um, which is again very forward uh, thinking, I think. Uh, you know, probably for the time. Obviously, Sam's from the future, so you know, not really. But um, I mean, this is one of my favourite scenes in a sense of she sees the daisies on the road and the that's very um, telling of the episode as well what she says about the what she says about the daisies on the side of the road but before i get there when she slams the brakes on and sam hits his head on the windscreen um she like, he kind of goes oh yeah can i pick some flowers and all this kind of stuff he's like yeah yeah and he's rubbing his head and she um she goes uh, good brakes no and gets out of the car and he goes oh it must be japanese and then just like a little <laughs> couple of gone um but the what i was take away from it is that she's looking at the daisies and instead of just grabbing like a handful she's very meticulously looking at them and, you know, picking one at a time and stuff like Mm. that. She's walking
0: several yards between each pitch. She's not just grabbing one, two, that'll do. Yeah. yeah. She'll pick one and then she'll survey quite a few, walk a few yards. And it's almost like she's looking for in her eyes, the the perfect one to pluck, I
1: guess. I mean, Sam asks her why she's doing that. Um, And she says they, you know, from a distance, daisies look beautiful or they all look the same. In a garden, but actually, if you get closer, you see that the subtle differences and not all are the same, which is a very snowflake, uh, like, you know, not, no, t- no, what is it? No two snowflakes are the same and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. type of thing. But it kind of mirrors the episode, I think, in a sense of not everybody, just because you look different or from afar, you all, you know, you all at the same, you know, doesn't mean you are all the same, which I thought was a sort of very telling of the episode, really.
0: Yeah, and I also think there's a little moment in there that that, that you did mention, Benny, to be fair, that it kind of, it's a throwaway line. But again, it shows how Michiko is trying to just be nice and fit in and that. She wants, after all that confrontation this morning, her rice getting thrown away, her her, her efforts at cleaning the floor getting shunned, her gift getting effectively discarded, the, the sort of purple kimono getting discarded straight away she's still there saying, I want to pick the perfect flowers for your mum as a gift.
1: Yeah. She wants to still impress her husband's mother and wants to be accepted, doesn't she? Which I think is yeah. universal. No pun intended there. Cause obviously that's who uh, distributes it, but <laughs> everybody wants to be accepted, don't they? To a degree uh, in their yeah. groups or their family or whatever. So uh, their jobs, you know, but, Here's where we
0: get a few moments with, with the villain of the piece, I guess, Rusty. He initially bumps into Sam on the street and gives them a bit of uh, a bit of harassment verbally. Sam ignores them. Uh, Michiko and Sam go into the local clothing store. After they leave, it's quite another touching moment because uh, Michiko's trying to walk in heels for the first time and, and Sam's laughing and trying to help her. They get back to the van, Charlie's van. And as we mentioned earlier on in the episode, Jap Go Home is written on the wall. On the door, sorry. And Sam eyes Rusty suspiciously. And um, and Rusty's, you know, Sam's suspicions about Rusty are obviously, you know, well-founded. Because it's, it's obvious, it's all over his face, he was the guilty party. But
1: well, it's also just before that as well, before we see that, he uh, purposely takes the time to cross, the, I think he crosses the street and barge into Sam, aka mm-hmm. Charlie, and says, you got a problem? But he's clearly the one who bunch, you know, knocks into Sam. And Sam just kind of looks at him and goes, "No, no problem." And you know, gets sort of hurries Machiko along to get to the store. And then, as you said, it comes to the point where they've come out after they've been shopping for probably a, probably an hour or so. And he's, it, well, we can't prove it, but let's face it, <laughs> we're pretty sure it's, you know, especially with the comments he says later on. Jap, go home, written yeah. on the, on the van. It's pretty obvious it's rusty. Um, so the aggression already is already showing towards. One for Charlie because he's married a Japanese woman, and also Machiko as well. So, yeah, definitely. but ain't, you know, so yeah, it's not sly, it's not hidden, it's not like who's doing this. It's c- quite clearly this is Rusty, and he has a problem with Machiko and the fact that Charlie's married her and brought her to this little town.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. We sort of jump forward a little bit in in the the week, the day, or whenever it was, I guess. We've had the moment of Henry, which is uh, Charlie's dad, and Lenore explaining to the reverend that Sam and his wife are poorly, so they won't be attending church. And they're getting a lift back from church with the vicar. And as they're driving back, Sam and Machiko are doing, I suppose, housework, chores. They're helping chores, out. Uh, yeah, Sam's in the barn chucking a load of hay around. Um, Michiko is out of Putting clothes on the 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 washing line to dry. Yeah, yeah. Now, two things of note happen with this that kind of come together at the same time. We get Naomi arriving, unbuttoning her top slightly, and effectively throwing herself at the now shirtless and sweating. Mr. Beckett, or Dr. Beckett, sorry, which is the standard obligatory Sam Beckett takes his shirt off shot for the week, if everyone's got that in their <laughs> quantum waiting room bingo cards. Um <laughs> Sam is, yeah, Sam's, you know, spurring her advances. He wants no part of this. He, he wants to, nothing to do with this. Whilst this is going on, Chico takes her top off because it's warm outside, apparently, when they work in the fields in Japan. This is what ladies do as explained in a few moments' time, but not before the, the the vicar comes around the corner in the car and Henry, Lenore, the vicar, and, and the vicar's wife all see this young Asian lass with no top on just running across the front of the car. <laughs> yeah. And the vicar even says, "Oh, she looks like she's a bit better now. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, we do have, like Naomi, like you said, throwing herself at Sam as well. I mean, I just want to mention quickly Al does make an appearance. Al's not I wouldn't say Al's not in this episode that much, to be fair. Maybe three, four times we see him. And Al's quickly jumping to the conclusion, like of Sam is trying to sleep with this freaking Naomi, but actually she's throwing a sal at him and like he's yeah. like all the times you've called me a sleeves boy <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, hang on, Al, <laughs> come on. Um, but yeah, like you said, the the Vicar's face was and the comment was quite funny of um and don't they find them in the barn? And what makes me laugh with that is so Machiko's gone in and then Naomi, because they've fallen off a haystack, so Naomi's essentially or well, she's on top of Sam, isn't she? Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh Machiko's there, topless. And then everybody else comes rushing in with the Vicar. Um, I think I assume the Vicar's wife or another another member of the congregation. I don't know. Um, but of all the things she's seen, she faints at Sam and Naomi on the floor doing nothing, apart from the fact that Sam's not got a top on. And she faints, which I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> that's, that's the effect that Sam Beckett has, mate. Oh, well, well yeah. Well, clearly, you know, Doctor, you know, obviously he's supposed to be a young lad, isn't he, who's been in the yeah. army, or the, the Navy, sorry, and fit in with it. Well, I suppose this is an era where showing a bit of ankle was considered rude, so, you know a half-naked Asian woman I don't
0: know about that showing a bit of angle I think they progressed past that oh
1: maybe but it's still considered I mean it's not it's
0: not 1853 it's
1: good point actually actually, because Naomi's wearing like quite short shorts and yeah I wouldn't say a revealing top but it becomes more revealing when she unbuttons it so yeah all right, fair enough Uh, she knows what
0: she's (laughs) doing don't she the hussy
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah she knows what she wants as well
0: yeah exactly mate exactly uh from there though we get quite an important i suppose plot line uh, a moment in the story because naomi explains basically that she was one of eileen who is charlie's um charlie's sister sam sam is effectively saying to naomi i want nothing to do with you leave me alone i'm married now we're not rekindling any former relationship we had that's that by way of trying to, I suppose, get back in where she wants to be, a little bit of emotional blackmail by Naomi. I think she explains that she was yeah. one of only one of Eileen's friends who stood by her when she was ostracised by the by the locals by the time, um, because Eileen, the, the young daughter, ended up pregnant out of wedlock, which obviously in fifty three and especially in this kind of area is hugely frowned upon.
1: Oh, I, mean. I, I remembered that different. I, I, I knew there was, I, I, when it came up about the sister, I thought there was mental issues there. I didn't. And then when Naomi drops the bomb of, she was pregnant, I was like, Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, I knew there was a pro- once. Cause I forgot about the sister storyline. I'm not going to lie. When the sister was mentioned earlier on, I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, oh, was it mental issues? I can't remember what was, you know, where there was something wrong. And then actually, no, it wasn't mental issues. It was because she was pregnant and she was fairly young and obviously not married.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it's obvious that that the poor girl Eileen had quite a quite a sad time of it. Her mum, as we find out, wasn't particularly supportive and was worried. As as Benny has explained so brilliantly already several times in the episode, is so concerned about outward appearances to other people having this young girl out of wedlock who is pregnant at this time brings i suppose some level of shame upon the family potentially eileen was like i said ostracized by the rest of the time and her car went off a cliff and that's the official line but it's more and more apparent the more the characters talk in that eileen took her own life because of the the, the, the very horrific situation she was facing i suppose
1: well look at the way she's treated charlie over his wife So God knows what she would have been like towards her own daughter, you know, very much like, like I said, over a bit overbearing and very cruel actually at times, you know, we only see a snippet of it, I think, but I feel like she was probably, like you said, like worrying about her image and all this BS. um, And actually not, you know, actually helping her daughter again, Mm. the era time, I guess, but you know, yeah. I mean, we get Naomi then,
0: also she takes it on the chin of okay fair enough i know this isn't going to be going anywhere charlie stroke sam has made this very clear to me but she decides to get her own back a little bit and when they have the church picnic the next day she basically and i i I know i shouldn't but i got a little bit of a kick out of this because she tricked Machiko into going up to the town mayor basically she's done her makeup for her made her look a a, a little bit over decorated shall we say and has told her various ways to greet people that in the Western world, which is obviously completely alien to Michiko in the Western world is seen as being very respectful, which of course the Japanese are all about being respectful and so on. So she's very keen to impress and respect her, her peers and her, her new, I suppose, local friends and villagers and and so on. She goes up to Michiko, sorry, goes up to the mayor and his wife, and refers to them as both being fat,
1: because <laughs> Naomi's yeah, told her to yeah. do it. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say, apparently. Uh, you know, well done on your prosperity, being a mayor. Oh, and your fatness. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mate, I laughed. I, I'm not gonna lie. When she said it, I chuckled. But obviously, it was done out of malice from Naomi's side. Mm. Um, I don't know why it just hit me now. Like, obviously, she, you know, we're all they're all looking at this woman who's foreign. Her ways are strange, and all this kind of stuff. But you know, from Machiko's point of view, she's in a new country with where there's nobody. Li- probably at least in this area, there's nobody like her, um, and her customs are very much of Japan. So you know, she's you know she's got a lot to contend with. I'm quite surprised she doesn't get more stress than she actually does. I mean, she takes a lot of it in stride. Probably some of it's um, like maybe ignorance towards like the ways of like the Western world, maybe but she does, like you said earlier, she still tries to pick flowers from the mother-in-law to please her. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I noticed about the episode then Benny, really, and I suppose it's going to affect how we talk about the sort of closing scenes now is that we've had for one of the better term, we've had effectively a lot of builder, a lot of, a lot of conversation, a lot of scene setting, I guess we've seen hints and moments about how rusty is behaving. We've seen, the the, the mother in law, um, she's one hundred percent set of storelight. We know where we stand with her, and we then kind of everything just kind of snowballs in the last ten, well, I suppose fifteen to twenty minutes of the show. Yeah, a lot happens in that short amount of time in comparison to what happened in the first thirty-five to forty.
1: Yeah, I mean, very quickly. I mean, at the picnic, uh, Charlie starts, play- Sam starts playing baseball and manchiko's um, like kill him. and then the father and all like oh you do know baseball and i'm a bit of so they're all having a good time at this point mm. um rusty tries to i think he does he tries to tackle um sam at some point and um, one of the guys says oh don't worry about rusty he was this is where we find out he, you know he was up for you know triple a ball and all this kind of stuff and like they're like they, they're they on even though they know rusty they're clearly on like charlie's side like don't worry about it Just don't worry about it don't let him get to you um and then obviously we have um rusty pitch to Sam and you're know, only taking Sam's head off a few times as well um, and this is where it all kind of as you're probably leading to it all kind of come un- comes unglued a bit and uh, what the hell is your problem Sam says and then it all starts I don't like japs <laughs> which is <laughs> there's no ifs or buts about it that's what he says yeah and, uh, it kicks off and luckily everybody kind of in this moment is you're like separating them and much, match codes like don't you know don't um, don't fight basically um, she's probably seen enough war as it is, you know, living in Japan and stuff. And he has as well, and obviously Sam hasn't, but Charlie would have. Uh, so yeah, as you said, it's starting to snowball and it starts, uh, the pressures on a bit more, isn't it? I think by this point.
0: Yeah. And we guess this is the thing. It all seems to accelerate, but I'm, I'm okay with that because I think the way the episode is put together from now until Sam leaps out despite the fact it goes from zero to 60 so quickly for me, it works for me. It's quite, quite well done. I mean, I'll run through a few points quickly now, Benny, and then we can sort yeah. of summarize after very, very briefly we get <laughs> after the picnic, after the church picnic, uh, Sam and Charlie's dad, Henry and Michiko are returning back home. And it's already as, as they're putting up in their car, it's quite a windy storm, quite a, quite a big storm is brewing. Um they're, they're getting ready to get the animals into the barn and get into the storm cellar. Now, the men, obviously, are in the 50s. It's men's work and all that sort of stuff. You know, roll your sleeves up, off you go, sort of <laughs> yeah. nonsense. Um, so Sam and Henry are off getting the animals into the barn. Machiko is told to go into the storm cellar with Lenore, the mother-in-law. In between them getting deciding this and then both then venturing down the stairs, Lenore receives a phone call from a local townswoman. Not sure who. In my head, I pictured it being the vicar's wife, but we don't actually get that ever confirmed. I don't know what. It's it's not important. But either way, yeah, no, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Lenore is then informed of Machiko's um, insults to the mayor, calling him and his wife fat and so on. <laughs> Lenore, obviously, again, as as Benny explained keeping up appearances, you know, perception is everything. She's outraged by this. It brings shame on the family. She tells Machiko, she never wants to see her again. Machiko runs off into the storm, finds herself alone on a road, gets picked up by Dusty, who happens to be driving by. And straight away, it's sinister. The the mood has changed. This nasty, scary, drunk fella now has this young Japanese girl who is quite naive in the way of, of the Western world in his, in his cab. Now, Upon realising this, Sam sets out to look for her. He eventually finds them and gets in a big old scrap with Rusty because Rusty's about to cut off her hand, I think, Benny.
1: He's going to do something, isn't he? I don't know what it is, but he's... I mean, I, I have, I, I still can't grab my head around. If my only thing I wouldn't want to moan about, really, is the fact that she got in the car so easily, but is that because she's naive, hmm. maybe, or wants to get out of the storm? I don't know. But yeah, he's... Um, spilling his guts to a to a point of like I was going to play triple a ball you know basically blaming her for the entire war and the reason he's not playing baseball and like you said he's going to do something sinister it's not, it wasn't too clear to me what he was going to do but you just knew it wasn't going to be good
0: yeah he said he said he said a story about um, a film about somebody coming back from war and they've lost their arms at the elbow, and he says that man is me. I feel like that because when I come back from the war, I couldn't throw anymore. I couldn't pitch in the same way anymore. And they made some reference to her losing her arm or her hand. Yeah. And by this, by this point, they're in his workyard, I suppose, or or his his place of employment, where he's either a mechanic, as Benny said, or or some some form of tradesman or early engineer or whatever it may well be. And there's lots of tools and equipment lying around. And he's basically, when Sam arrives, he's grabbing an axe.
1: So my mind is, is maybe yeah, making, right,
0: yeah. my mind's probably making too big a jump. But I'm thinking, is he going to lob her bloody arm off?
1: He was, I don't know what that guy was going to do. He's He was going to do something in it. To, either way, it wasn't going to be good. Maybe the, maybe the talk of the arms, like you said, possibly then he was going to lop an arm off or two. Yeah. He, he's. I don't know why. Obviously, I don't know, I do know why, but he's kind of snapped in this moment, isn't he? And obviously, I think you said, like you said, he's drunk as well. Um, but he's not a very nice man and he's got a lot of, uh, like I said, he's got a lot of, as we've already covered, he's got a lot of issues in the sense of he's kind of lost his, his meat, well, what he thought he was supposed to do, which was play ball.
0: Mm, yeah. Interestingly enough, I mean, I, I I love little weird facts and figures and timelines that don't add up and so on. One of the teams that Rusty mentioned he had the chance to go and play for, and they were offering him a contract and so on. Now bear in mind this was all before the war, this happened. Now America joined the war a couple of years after it started. What we're looking at, America joined when was Pearl Harbor? Forty one, forty two, I'm I'm not sure. Around that sort of time. The team Rusty mentions as as a team that he had a contract with and could have potentially joined didn't actually exist until nineteen fifty four. So that was a little bit of a glitch there. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the team he actually mentions they didn't actually come back to Baltimore um, under the uh, Oreo, Oral, I don't know how you say that, look name, until uh, 1954, so a year later. So yeah, the team, one of the teams he mentions wasn't even, I mean, he yeah. might weren't back in that state until a year later. So yeah, a little bit of a goof there. We've found a few of these, haven't we, in the last few? I months. love it so uh, if, you, if you like them then I'll start looking it up a bit more then because I didn't know <laughs> whether you liked them or not so I'll yeah, do now,
0: I, I, it's funny because I, I love I, I don't want Quantum Leap to be wrong do you know what I mean I don't want yeah. it to be, to be making errors but at the same time I like watching something and I wouldn't have picked up on that if I hadn't seen it on, on, on the screen that I'm sort of using f- along for my notes and so on I wouldn't have picked up on that but reading it it's that moment of oh well look at that then do you know, it does sort of make me chuckle a little bit, and I do get a little kick out of it. And I suppose it's very interesting for people to hear as well that sometimes these shows do occasionally make the odd mistake.
1: I mean, can we, we can we we can forgive because the internet wasn't a th- really a thing at, the, at this oh, point; yeah, it was yeah. It, it, in its infancy. So you know, it isn't as easy as to Google stuff now. <laughs> uh, then, like it is now. Sorry, so you know, we'll we'll allow it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Was it last week? It was the the earthquake film, wasn't it? Last week was yeah. uh, And the timeline didn't work out. Yeah, I love
0: it. I love it, mate. I love it. Anything timeline ask is great for me. Um,
1: This isn't a goof, but it's a little bit of trivia. Very quickly, Um, and we find out on this episode that uh, Sam speaks uh, seven modern languages and four dead ones, mm -hmm. Uh, including Japanese, obviously because he speaks it in this episode. Others he speaks are obviously English. He speaks French, Spanish, and German, apparently. Uh, he cannot speak Italian or Hebrew, which we know that already from the season one and Hebrew, I think we find out later on. And also he can read Egyptian hieroglyphics and which we have mentioned in the, what our favorite episodes are, which is very much in the, in the sunrise (laughs) in the future at the moment, but, uh, leads into one of my favorite episodes, many, many episodes away from now. (laughs) So we'll we'll get there.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. I'm assuming one of the dead languages he can speak is Latin. That's kind of the, the common one, isn't it? I suppose
1: uh it just uh, it well it doesn't say but for definite it, it does say egyptian hieroglyphs and I okay. think that's because it's because it's put into practice later on in the yeah. uh, in the seasons
0: yeah fair enough i we we rejoin i suppose sam and rusty in the middle of this scrap it um this to me was was one of the better fight scenes that we've seen so far and it was also incredibly brutal we've got the ex professional baseball player throwing stones bits of brick whatever and he's proper proper launching them um and also there's a metal bar used and he clubs sam with the metal bar and there's a circular i think it's a grinding disc they fire up and they're going to push somebody's face into the grinder it's quite it's quite violent and graphic for for what it for what it is it's quite violent and graphic for an episode of quantum leap i think benny
1: yeah i mean it it uh, i can't remember the name of the film oh uh there's a fight scene it's the last fight scene in uh, nowhere to run a van dam film um and that's quite a full on i mean it's not uh, obviously nowhere near as graphic in um, quantum leap obviously but the uh, the hits and the the things that could possibly have happened or gone wrong uh yeah like you said it's one of the more brutal fights cuz half the time at least so at least so far what we've seen you get like a punch and a kick and it's over you know um whereas this is a bit more of a quite a dirty fight as well. And for him to be throwing rocks or whatever it was, he was picking up metal parts or whatever it is of, that he's picking up off the floor. It's quite a down dirty move. And especially when that one goes through the windshield and hits Machko, I believe in the face, in the head. Knocks right, out, doesn't um, it? Yeah. And it's quite like, it's quite a, it's quite a dirty move. It's almost the equivalent of dirt in the eye type thing, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, ultimately Sam beats Rusty up and he just kind of passes. I drops down to the ground. Whatever. Sam just Sam effectively wins the fight. Al draws his attention to Machiko, who is obviously unconscious. And Al declares, "I think she's dying," as she lies there, you know, a bit blooded from this. This. See, that's, the thing line,
1: that's the only line I would change from Al in this episode. I think she's dying. I would have. I mean, she has been hit in the head, but I feel like I maybe I think she's hurt rather than I think she's.
0: Yeah, dying. it didn't quite work for me. Even, it
1: no it didn't quite even though he's thrown something at this poor girl's head it in the context of it you have to watch it people but it didn't f- it didn't feel right with what he said there I think she's dying it felt a bit like whoa that escalated for no apparent reason throwing yeah. stones or whatever he's throwing well, I find it quite a cheap move really but again baseball player I guess well this was it yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I bet he was uh, a nightmare in the army throwing grenades at enemies and freaking like would have <laughs> gone bloody well far, wouldn't they <laughs>
0: Yeah, perhaps that's what they should recruit baseball players to do just lob grenades.
1: Yeah, I'll take the pin out first, then lob it, but yeah, well, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, we then cut to a scene at a hospital where Chico is she's in critical condition apparently in the hospital, and Sam, the father in law, and the mother in law, Lenore, are waiting outside the ring. Sam says that she should. Is the mother-in-law? Sorry, is talking to Lenore, so she should go in and and let her know that she hopes that she's well and she hopes she survives and so on. And that's what we get the reveal, I suppose, about that why why Lenore is so angry, Benny, isn't it? Because she's she's raging still about the fact that she tried to reach out to Eileen after the incident on the cliff, but Eileen didn't hear her or her words, and she died soon after. She was unable to reach her daughter. She doesn't want to even try here in this scenario. And she's very angry at herself for, for not helping Eileen in the situation and Eileen not knowing how much she did care and love her daughter.
1: Yeah. As I was saying earlier, it's in terms of like Rusty's struggle and hers, not in a sense of it's the same thing, uh, but you can, in a weird way, you can, under- you can understand their point of view um but um so they kind of mirror each other but rusty's the extreme i mean uh the mother obviously she's uh very she's got wow well, she got a freaking uh what's the word i don't want it is, black tongue or whatever silver tongue whatever it is that you're supposed to say she very good with words in hurting people and without no. actually being violent so more mental but yeah um she didn't get a chance to say sorry or tell her daughter that she loved her after she The car went off the cliff, whether an accident, although it's revealed, obviously, as you've already said, it was probably done on purpose because of everything that was going on. Um, So she's bitter. I don't think she, although it seems like she is, I think actually she's not actually angry at Eileen anymore. She's angry at herself for the way she behaved and the fact that she didn't get to reconcile with her daughter and be there more supportive for her daughter, which Begs a question, why are you treating Charlie and Machko the way you are, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still, you know, she still hasn't kind of like crossed that line of like, I need to change or I need to maybe, you know, you know, you did say you were sorry to her. She may not have heard of you because she was obviously unconscious or whatever. And she died soon after, as you already said. Um, at what point do you, I'm not saying let it go, but you need to somewhat move forward and just live with it, I guess. But, uh, yeah. So it, it begs the question of why you're so, but then hard, uh, against your son's marriage and stuff. But again, it was more, it's, it's 50, 50, I think between image and what happened with her daughter, mm. I think, you know?
0: Yeah. No, no, I think you're right, mate. I think you're spot on there. I mean, after this in- hospital scene, we see uh, uh, after a certain amount of time or, or later, I'm not sure how long Sam has had to hang around in 1953-4, but the next time we see Sam, but literally the very next cut to the very next scene, Sam is stood next to Al at the altar in a church, getting, I suppose, American married, for want of a better term, <laughs> to yeah, to yeah. Michiko. Uh, she's fully recovered. She's coming into the church as well. They're, they're going to be married. Sam is, you know, Stressing to Al what if I take a, a vow, a wedding vow, and points at the sky and goes in front of him and all this sort of stuff, and which is I suppose quite quite funny, really, because that's not something that I suppose really popped up a great deal later in the show, but that was you know quite interesting seeing that as a concern in Sam's mind there. The Al says that the leap will happen, he will be out of there, but it'll happen when <laughs> Lenore when Lenore finally accepts.
1: New sure, bride,
0: yeah. yeah, and Al sort of jokes, Oh, that might be after you've, you've given her
1: her first grandchild, to which Sam looks mortified. about and can, we <laughs> can we just appreciate for a second that Al got changed and wore a tuxedo, even though nobody can see him? Oh, it's just <laughs> that, that is gold, that is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. We do appreciate that for a second that he's made the effort to put a tuxedo on, <laughs> even what though nobody a hero.
0: <laughs> that is brilliant stuff. <laughs> um yeah basically it seems now it seemed initially that the task for sam was to stop charlie marrying naomi because they would be miserable it's now seeming like that sam is to get charlie to marry machiko and have lenore accept her which would then mean that they don't have the miserable existence in the future of, of his bride going back to Japan and Sam and uh, sorry, Charlie ending up with Naomi anyway, and so on. So it all does kind of tie in with the yeah, initial yeah. first four and, and the, so and the thought here.
1: I think it's also a case of, um, if Sam had leapt after, um, you know, saving her in the hospital or whatever, then that means that Charlie, the car- uh, as in the, the person he's leapt into, as he probably would, puts a lot of stock into what his mother tells him to do. So actually, yeah. we need to convince her to accept her, as you've already said. So I just thought that was quite interesting in the sense of if Sam had let now, Charlie is you know even though he's a military man and all this kind of stuff puts a lot of stock into what his mum wants for him. So, mm. yeah, yeah, that's I mean, a good point.
0: No, you're right. I didn't. I, I kind of didn't think that come to that conclusion myself. So I know that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, But we ain't got to worry, Benny, have we? We ain't got to worry because she's had a change of heart. Here comes Lenore, rocking up to the church late, interrupting the bloody ceremony. So she's obviously just changed her mind, you know, a couple of minutes beforehand.
1: Yeah, it's Um, very late in the day, isn't it?
0: And we um, get the the, the shot of the the camera, I suppose, from the vicar's standpoint, from from on the altar, I guess, looking past Sam and Machiko's faces Mm -hmm. to the double doors at the back that are kind of between where they're standing. And those doors open and there is Lenore. There is Charlie's mum dressed in, well, I, I assume it's the same kimono she was offered earlier on. I don't think it's quite the same, but I want to pretend it is.
1: Yeah, I, I like to pretend that it's the same one as well. I don't think it is because of the colours she had. I don't think it matches, but, you know, at the end of the day, Lenore's made 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 a, uh, made a, uh, an effort <laughs> and put it on. I yeah. think that's probably a good way of doing it, actually, because I mean, she could have walked into the church and gone, I accept you. But actually, by dawning the clothes, you know that she, you know that brought for them um, from Japan. I think it was, a, it was a nice touch. Weirdly, I remember watching it first time when I was a kid. I didn't really understand, but you know, it it makes perfect sense to me now. Um, it's a nice uh, gesture from her part because she, you know, she has been a bit intolerable <laughs> for most of the episode. So to make that effort and you know, without saying I accept you, showing you that I accept you. that makes Mm. sense
0: yeah no it all makes a lot of sense yeah definitely Uh, and that's that sam leaps out and interestingly enough leaps in i don't know what you saw um, with where you watched this Benny, but sam leaps into jesse from a color of truth again
1: yeah it was on the dvd that i'm watching on dvds um Mm -hmm. and obviously color of truth which i have actually mentioned in this episode is actually from season one yes now when we saw the last episode of season one we had sam leaping into which we are we're made to believe is a woman which is obviously which i say obviously you know at what what's the so-called what price what price gloria is yep. the next episode but for some reason they don't show even though they've got that shot in the bag maybe they hadn't decided they were going to pull the trigger on it i don't know but, uh, they, it
0: is an odd one, isn't it? It is very strange, and I don't remember this. I don't, and I'll bear in mind, I've ran in I've watched, uh, I've watched Quantum Leap all the way through a couple of times, and I've handpicked episodes loads.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've done that myself. So I don't remember
0: this for want of a better term. This mistake.
1: Yeah, I don't. Re- Excuse me. I wouldn't have said I. I remember it happening, but I don't. I, I didn't know when it happened, so I was a bit like, "Off. Oh, why are we seeing?" Jesse, you know, we've because obviously we've covered that episode, well, that's a bit weird. And I checked the DVD, and the next episode is um, what, Ply, uh, what price Gloria is the yes. episode? So they finally, you know, so we're what, episode four into season two, and we're finally getting the, the cliffhanger we had at the end of season one. So yes. it's a bit odd, I don't know why it was done like that, but um, or maybe. Maybe the because the episode of Colour of Truth was done was really good. I think you know, I think we said it I think it possibly won an Emmy, I'm not sure. But maybe they re-aired that episode next week before the other one came out with him and the woman. I don't know. It would be a bit odd, because they obviously reruns do exist. Um, but I find it a bit strange that we'd have to probably Google that and find out why they would have done that.
0: Um, well, I've got it in front of me, mate. I've got it no, in front okay, of me. Um, the Colour of Truth was originally going to air as a rerun the week later, the screening was then changed because the, the, the network had coverage of an earthquake, which happened at that time, um, like live coverage of this disaster. So the rerun of color retrieve never happened.
1: So, oh, okay. so it was going to be a rerun then.
0: Yeah, apparently so. This is all news to me as well. We found this out in the last sort of half an hour before we start recording the, uh, the, the recap scenes from, the episode we've just looked at now were edited onto the beginning of the episode What Price Gloria. So we were supposed to have a rerun of The Color of Truth, it never happened because of this natural disaster that yeah. the, the network wanted to cover live. And we didn't get the rerun, we just carried on with brand new episodes the following week with What Price Gloria. How weird's that? It's
1: a bit odd, isn't it? I wonder why Ooh. that was uh. My, I mean, my only other experience with that kind of thing where it didn't make sense was um, um, Scrubs on DVD. Um, you have a very, I don't know if everybody's watched that. I'm sure some people would have. Um, but you have an episode where a character leaves and you get, it was quite an emotional episode. It's like, oh my God, they're going. I can't believe it. He's been, he's been in it for like six seasons um, or five seasons, whatever it was. Um, it might be bloody seven. I can't remember, to be honest. But my point is, two episodes later on the DVDs, he was back. Right. Okay. It made no sense. I and mean, when I Googled it and looked it up in uh, ABC, I think did the coverage for it and they'd aired the episodes wrong. So when the DVDs were made for, for whatever reason it was put in the order, the episodes aired. So it made no sense. <laughs> it made. Yeah. yeah I get ya. So for that, yeah. So it must have, so on my, so the original plan for that would have been to air color of truth. Mm-hmm. At the end of color of truth, they would have edited the scene from the bathroom i guess that we got at the end of season yeah. one
0: yeah, huh? yeah okay
1: but it just didn't happen because the of a
0: natural disaster oh okay yeah, yeah oh. crazy isn't it and again i find like, like i said i find that out today and that was that was insane i'm assuming they wanted to re-show a color of truth because they've been recommissioned for this huge second series the 20 plus episodes of the second series it's got a more regular time slot in its original run and Colour Truth was one of the best episodes from the first season. So I'm assuming they wanted yeah, exactly. more eyes on this. So it makes sense as to what they're doing. Like, I understand what they're, where they're coming from. It's just really strange that we now, so many years, future-wise, are looking back and see this era, look at why it didn't run the way it did. And an earthquake threw it off, which meant we got didn't get the rerun, and we got the order that we kind of yeah. always remember it being.
1: That's strange, isn't it? Yeah, That's very awesome. strange. That's an awesome odd piece of trivia today on the episode.
0: <laughs> do you want another one?
1: Go on, then go on, let's
0: do it. Do you want another one? A little random one for you now. This is up. set in uh the oh when did he when did he when does he leap in? The fourth of August, isn't it? I've got yes. it written down here. Yeah, August the 4th, 1953 is the date of the leap. Now I thought that's quite far back. We don't go, we don't ever go into the 40s. We don't ever go into 51, 52, 53, and so on. So I'm thinking, okay, this, sorry, 53 we do here, obviously, but I'm thinking this is really early in Quantum Leap's time travel timeline because Sam can only travel in his own time lifetime, can he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I was like, okay, this is incredibly early. So I want to have a little, just a little check on, is this the earliest one? That I'm, I'm not sure of, I'm assuming so, because it turns out Sam's birthday is listed later in the show as August the 8th, 1953. So they've actually left out of his timeline by four days to this date. So that's just obviously just an error made by the people producing the episode. so.
1: So he was born, what, August 8th? August 8th, yes. Oh, okay. You, well, we'll allow back to... technically, technically, he's still bacon. And he's only got four more days. So technically, he's ah, alive. Okay. He's in the stomach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm defending it to the hill here. I will die on no, this. I'll go, I'll go along with that, mate. I'll, I'll take that defense of yours as being,
0: um, as being good enough to work. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> no worries. Okay, before
1: we have a look at next episode,
0: our... Plus points and negative points, I suppose, Benny. Our...
1: Plus points and negative, but don't you mean oh boy moments and caca? Moments. I was literally what, what about show, to say that, mate. What so you so, are,
0: So, oh boys and caca's for this week's episode, Benny. What you got?
1: I mean, again, I, I, to be honest, I, although I've you know whinged a little bit about continuity errors and stuff like that, uh, there isn't really a caca moment. I think the episode stands up pretty well if I was to go through and pick an episode to watch, unfortunately, this is one, I, I don't dislike it. I love the story, but it's not one I would watch regularly. It would be one of those random occurrences where I go, Oh, let's give it a go, you know? Um, but so I haven't really got any cacas really. Um, just trying to think off the talks. I could, cause I normally they, they jump out at you, don't they? So you go, Oh, yes. that's a kaka moment. And nothing's really, um, jumped out at me overly, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to go straight. I'm basically, I've got O-Boys, basically. and Okay. Um, one is uh, um, Al. So it's when the... We've already spoke about it, but it's when um, Naomi's trying to seduce Sam and they all walk in. And it's after that, and they're all going, why was uh, Machko walking around, you know, with no... We're half naked. Naomi says, I'm just as shocked as y'all are, which Al replies, obviously, you can't hear Al, but he goes, the only thing that would shock her was a cattle prod. And then it's <laughs> just like... That was quite funny. Oh boy. My favourite, and it's a nice moment, you mentioned it briefly, they had that conversation on the step after the rice has been thrown away and everything. And you mentioned the conversation they have, it was really good. And the way Sam handled that was brilliant. And the way he talked about how things are in America. But, you know, she's like, but Sam says, you don't have to do everything for me. You don't have to serve the family. You're not in Japan. This is not how it's done here. Machiko replies with, I see your mother do everything for harry son." sam says yeah well um you know harry worked you know very hard for a long time uh, so now he's retired and then machiko reply the best reply ever is oh i think all all men in japan must be retired um and I yeah. just, that was a nice little moment and it was a nice little because it had been quite a serious moment to that point and then for her to say that she's got a sense of humor this girl um
0: yeah she's got a couple of low-key yeah, you
1: know, you know cracking and
0: cracking lines in there for a giggle actually
1: so those are the two that stand out for me that made me chuckle you know made me laugh um oh boy the cattle prod made me chuckle owls you know, in this you don't see out a lot so i think if i'm gonna have a caca moment is that we don't really see owl that much in this episode but mm. the episode in terms of it didn't he was in the right places at the right time so i wouldn't say it's a really a full-on caca but you know um but yeah those are mine boys and i don't really have a caca really so what about you yeah
0: okay friend. um my my caca moment is literally what i just said about with regards to them leaping into before out uh, before sam was born that's pissed me off
1: went a little caca <laughs> yeah but he was in the stomach he's eight he's he's four days away yeah. from being born, you know he's got a heartbeat so he's alive as far as i'm concerned all right <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough fair enough my i do bunk uh, caca
0: <laughs> <laughs> you veto my caca. I veto okay. your caca. <laughs> uh, my oh boy, moment is well. The, the fight scene I thought was just great. Oh boy, the, the metal bar, yeah. the stones, the grinder going—I thought that was great. So, yeah, I mean, it's great seeing a bit more, I suppose, uh, aggression, and I suppose a, a, a standing up for what he thinks is right attitude from Sam rather than trying to always choose take take the higher road I guess so yeah, yeah. That, that's my that's my old boy mate
1: oh boy out of five out of five um as I said it's not one of those episodes that I again the story's brilliant I'm not faulting the story but in terms of other episodes if you're gonna you know um it, I would say a, a mediocre three <laughs> I'm, yeah, not gonna, okay. I'm not gonna say a solid three um uh, depending on if I hadn't, if I'd seen this more regularly, I probably would have said about uh, a, a 2.5, but I'm going to, you know, there was some nice moments in there. I enjoyed the story, as I said, and the, uh, the more we've, cause when we speak about it, my opinions kind of form a bit better as well. When we talk about it, like we do on the podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think a three is more than fair. Again, it's not one I would go out to my, if I'm looking at season two, especially obviously we've not got there yet. There are some brilliant episodes to come and it would be, I'm quite happy to tuck it under the rug and say, I'll move on to the next episode, please. (laughs) So, or, you know, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I I, I got 2.5 myself. It's below average for me, but it's not crap. So, I mean, to, to to me, a zero is obviously an absolute dud. A one is pretty crap. A two is all right, but still pretty ropey. And a three is bang average because it's in the middle of our ratings. So to me, yeah. below a av- below average, above crap, two and a half. Yeah. And I agree with you. I wouldn't rush out to watch it again, but I've enjoyed watching it on this occasion to talk to you about it, Benny.
1: Yeah, and again, as like I said, the story's good. The su- subject matter is again this is a type of this issue. I think I've said it many times already, so I apologize to people that listen consistently. But um, you know, this the show, considering these this show was made in eighty nine, you know, um, you know, it obviously, you know, was it 89? It started 88, 89 into the 90s. it started, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it is, in terms of look, in terms of a presentation point of view, it's of its time, but the story's still somewhat relevant to even in 2022, which I've already said, yeah. you know, in yeah, 2021. Right. So, yeah. But, yeah, it, it isn't one that i go, let's watch that one. It, you know, I found it on Now TV the other day, mate, actually, um, Quantum Leap and, um, I just went oh I got to watch. and I watched a particular episode from the next season because I haven't seen it for years and it leads into a two-parter which you probably you, I'm not going to say what it is but you probably know which one I'm on about um and I absolutely loved it and I smiled I had a tear in my eye watching it and I we're not going to be watching it for a long time yet but <laughs> it's just like I said this isn't one I would pick out of a list of all yeah. the episodes to watch yeah i get you
0: i get you ah okay then so that concludes americanization of machiko um next what price gloria now we try not to give away spoilers or anything like that even though the show is 30 years old (laughs) just on the initial trailer um i suppose cliffhanger at the end of the episode and the episode title what are your thoughts or memories going into this episode for for our next show benny
1: well as you know the episode spoiler the the little thing isn't actually on the end of this episode we watched is it so it's from actually the end of season 1 that i remember seeing mm. <clears throat> um if i remember rightly Sam is obviously a woman. We've already covered that. This is going to be the first time we have that uh, change in uh, in the sense of what he's going to be wearing on screen and stuff like that, and what he has to do to pretend to be a woman. is quite funny. I remember there had been some comical moments, but generally it was quite hard-hitting, if I remember rightly, um, and just trying to survive in heels, which I find funny. Sam, you know, obviously, the irony is we've seen Machko wearing heels for the first time, and now we're going to see Sam wearing them <laughs> in the next episode. Yeah trying to be a woman
0: um so that's just, my main takeaway actually the heels Him, that, that's the primarily <laughs> the only <laughs> i know he gets in a bit of a scrap whilst in a dress at some stage i could be completely wrong but in my mind i'm picturing sam
1: i think fighting in the,
0: whilst in a dress
1: i think in the opening scenes uh, as in the intro for the show there's a scene which is from this next episode where he's hitting a bloke in the face with something and i right, think that's okay. from i think that's from this next episode um And I don't. I I don't remember. Do you know what? It's a like with Machko I kind of remember going. It's okay, but not. It's not one of my favorites. I can't remember whether I liked this episode or whether I didn't like it. To be honest with you. Fair so it's well, gonna, it's be, gonna
0: interesting. be interesting then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Okay. So then, Benny. Before we depart, John, let everybody know whereabouts they can find you
1: and any other content you're involved in online, my friend uh as i said in the last episode i've recently changed it but if you just go to at benny mac on twitter uh b-e-triple-n-y-m-a-c-k you can find the link tree and know everything i do is um on there there's a bit of a hiatus at the moment on my twitch channel uh while i uh where while well, new games come out so we're trying to sort of rejiggle it and uh get it up and running again so hopefully we can um Hopefully, obviously, when this comes out, I don't know. Hopefully, it, we should be in full swing by the time this episode comes out. So come over, come over and check out Benny Matt Gaming on Twitch and come hang out and just talk either wrestling and or even some quantum leap with me in the chat. That'd be brilliant.
0: Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. You can find me on Twitter at sjpwords, or I have a group on Facebook sjp all the shows and info. And via both of those, you will find links to. Any of the shows I'm involved in, whether that's Nitro Nights, looking back at WCW One Show at a Time with our good friend Scottish Danny. The Doctor Who pod, looking back at various Doctor Who stories, Classic Who and New Who with Dan Griffin. Chain Wrestling, which is live on a Monday night via Radio Attackers and comes out as a podcast version later in the week. Um, And yeah, that's kind of all of that. So at SJP words on Twitter or SJP, all the shows and info on Facebook. But most importantly, you can find this show, The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast dotted all over various social medias, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, etc., Twitter, etc., and it's always some variation of at the waiting room underscore. If you search The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, you will find us. Or, as I said, look up Benny Mac, look up at SJP Words. You'll find a link to the show there as well. Absolutely, ben- yeah. I've had a blast, Benny. I'm loving this. Let's bang these episodes out, mate. Let's get through season two, because there is gold coming.
1: There are some great episodes to come, yeah. Like I said, I uh, skipped through and uh, jumped ahead a season the other day when I found it on Now TV. So if you want to watch along with us, it's available on Now TV as well. I don't know where you're watching it, Si. Where are you watching it? I've got the DVDs, but I recorded it all off the Sci-Fi channel. Okay, so it's on the Sci-Fi channel as well then. so anybody, It's just also watch- on,
0: actually, um, Sky Replay at the moment. Oh,
1: there you go. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, so Now TV is part of Sky, so that makes sense. Ah, okay. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go it's out there you can find it and obviously as soon as that new as soon as we get a chance to watch that brand new uh, episode pilot hopefully it will come out hopefully it does well and we get to see it um i'm sure i know we're going to be jumping ahead in the story but we've got we've got we've got to see what it's like haven't we yeah man. i think you will understand uh, <laughs> so but yeah man i've been uh, well next episode what price score is going to be interesting because i i don't remember if i like it or not to be totally honest and i think i can remember some of the story but i don't know if i actually enjoyed watching it or if it's one of those classics i have no idea
0: (laughs) it's gonna be good mate it's gonna be a good chat it's gonna be a good discussion i'm looking forward to it benny as for next week my friend very much looking forward to it as i said and
1: i'll catch up with you then Uh, time to leap out mate
0: Three, two, one. Sorry, my throat went all funny. Then, yeah,
1: mine did exactly <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> so of I can get. I literally the... went to speak, and my throat went. <laughs> 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 right, I'll try that again. Are you <laughs> channeling the <laughs> Bill and Ben the flower flowerpot? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do we?
0: Um,
1: <laughs> not old enough to know it, maybe. I'm sure you're not either. So, or you might.
0: <laughs> no, I'm fucking not your prick. That was like in the sixties. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That was what my dad watched, not me. <laughs>